This podcast is intended for mature audiences only. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome back to my podcast. If you like what you're hearing, please be sure to subscribe. That way you'll never miss an episode. Hello and welcome back to my podcast for another week. I have with me today a one of my best friends and special guest, Alan Piper, and he's going to talk about video games with us. So, Alan, when did your love of video games begin? Uh, back when I was in uh, middle school, or back back then when it was called uh, junior high school, um, back in the uh, mid-80s, I would probably say 1986, um, I didn't have any uh, Atari or Nintendo. It all started for me... Uh, with the old original arcade games at the uh, 7-Eleven store uh, over on uh, 44th Avenue and uh, Garrison Street over there in where I live at in Wheat Ridge, Colorado. And uh, the first arcade game I saw was, uh, actually there were two arcade games there. There was uh, Super Mario Brothers and a uh, kind of shoot 'em up. You're like in this little Jeep uh, shooting uh, and you're trying to get from side to side of the screen kind of going through the level that get that game was called breakthrough and uh back then the game only costed 25 cents nowadays it's like probably 250 at dave and busters but uh yeah i spent a lot of my time hanging out at the 7-eleven store and uh mostly I, it started on uh, sundays because my dad would uh, send me out to go get the sunday paper and i'd get up extra early and uh walk down there been walking distance from where I, my dad's house is at and uh, so I'd walk down there and uh, before buying the paper I'd buy the paper after everything and uh, when I'm leaving but uh, I'd go down there I'd actually have a probably a $20 bill and I, on the way to the 7-eleven store I would stop at the uh, there was a car there's still a car wash there on 44th Avenue and I got like uh, Actually, it wasn't twenty dollars. It was probably twenty dollars worth of money, but it was all in fives, and I'd got all like all in quarters because you go, you put it in the machine, and it'll spit out all the quarters. So I'm prepared with all these quarters in my pocket, and I just go down to Seven Eleven and pop in a quarter in the Super Mario Brothers game, and just keep playing, see how far I could get. And uh, once I found out the trick from watching other people play in there on uh, level I think it's uh, 2-1 or 2-2 at the end of the level there's a stairs that you have to climb to jump the the flagpole but before you get to that there's these turtles and there's this turtle hop trick that if you can hit it just right you can get all these extra lives and that could uh, extend your quarter very very good because the uh, arcade version of Super Mario Brothers was uh, way different than the home version of uh, Super Mario Brothers. They filled in all the pitfalls and whatnot in the home version, where in the arcade, they wanted you to pop in as many quarters as possible. So I've seen a lot of uh, people playing that game from uh, ages of uh, little kids like my age at, at back then and uh, to people probably young adults that were playing the video game too. And a lot of times I, I didn't even have to spend any money. I would just stand there and watch the other guy play and uh, see how good that guy does and see what new tricks I can learn from what they do. 
I remember this one level, I think it was on 5-3, and there was like these balancing things that, you, that if you stand on it too long, it'll fall. But if you balance it, you can make it, uh, uh, what did it do? Um, I think it, it draw it, drew it down to the ground or something. And it was like a big old long line. Another another trick with uh, the graphics in the game was, uh, I think it was on uh, level 7-1 or 7-2 or something like that. If you jump on the bullets, the, 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 the character, the bad guy character name was Bullet Bill. And these bullets are just zinging by you, and you have to hop on them, or, or, or if you get hit by one, you lose a life. Or you might, if you had gotten the, the magic mushroom, you'd become big Mario. But if you get hit by the bullet bill guy, you'd become small again. But uh, what the trick on that was, uh, on you hop on the uh, bullet at a certain section of these mushrooms, is because the, the, the uh, level design is like bricks that you stand on two big giant mushrooms that you can stand on but if you if you hop on that uh, bullet bill guy in a certain spot you, it, it doesn't get it doesn't kill off the character it just you end up hopping on it and it creates a line a lot of people thought it was just uh, it was it was like another vine because throughout the Super Mario Brothers game if you block hit some of the blocks it'll it'll extend a vine up into like a bonus area of the game well, that's what they thought this was going to do, and all it did was just create a line up to the top of the screen. <laughs> a lot of people were pretty upset when they didn't see it do anything besides <laughs> that. Uh, there was a lot of other tricks that I had seen, like at the end of uh, level 1-2, instead of, well, there's an option. If you go, if you're able to jump onto the ceiling of the uh, uh, level room, you can get to these, this warp room. Uh, it's, it takes you to level two or three or four, I think it was. But uh, or if you don't do that, you just go through the pipe and it'll take you back outside. Because level one two was an underground level, but if you took that pipe and went back outside and just carried on the levels by jumping on the flagpole and going on to the next level. But what I saw on on YouTube once was uh, how. Uh, you don't you don't go to the warp room the normal way what this person was doing is jumped on that pipe and then kind of kept jumping towards the wall and it was weird because if you do it just right Mario gets stuck into that wall and it draws the character of Mario towards the warp room but it doesn't take you to the actual warp room as though the normal way if you had gone there where you can warp to level two, three, or four. This instead is taking you that to those pipes of the warp room, but if you jump into one of those pipes, it'll take you to some uh, very strange, like level A1 or something, some extra bizarre world that a lot of people didn't even know about. But getting back to uh, my playing video games at the 7-Eleven, I had seen countless of really cool uh, video games. I saw Castlevania there. Uh, Goonies was another favorite one of mine. Uh, later on I got my home system of the original NES Nintendo Entertainment System and they had come out with a sequel called Goonies 2 but the, it was a little bit different than the arcade version because the arcade version was more along the lines of uh, the actual movie where the second one was a sequel, a spin-off kind of like and it had different areas that you played through. 
Um, there was one game that lots of people loved playing. was called Duck Hunt, and that was a lights gun game. I remember that game. That was one of my favorites on the Nintendo. And uh, what you basically do is you get this plastic gun, and you point it at the screen, and you wait for the two ducks to fly up in there, and you try and shoot them. Mm -hmm. If you miss, the dog comes up from behind the grass, and he'll laugh at you. <laughs> or if you did get the ducks, the dog will go and get fetch those ducks for you and uh, become extra points. Um, there was another light gun game that not too many other people know about called Hogan's Alley. And uh, that one is kind of like a cops and robbers kind of game uh, or like a shooting gallery kind of game where you got these, uh, these three, kind of like when you go to a carnival and you got you got to try and shoot the target. Uh, there was these three things that would spin around and you don't want to shoot the civilian or the cop. That'll be a game penalty. I think you lose a life doing that. Or, or something like that, but you got to shoot the bad guy that's got the the, um, the little hat and he's holding a gun at you. That's the one you want to get. So if you get through a few uh, levels of that, then it moves on to like a city structure, or like the building with windows and doors, and uh, you got to make sure to, to follow that same rule of don't shoot the cops or civilians, but shoot the bad guys, and. Uh, that was a pretty fun game with the light gun. Another one was uh, called Gumshoe, and a lot less people even know about that one. That one I never even heard of. And that was a light gun game that was an arcade game, but it was mostly for the home system of the Nintendo Entertainment System. And basically what that is, is a, a guy is walking, and he's going to walk off of a cliff, so to speak, and you want to keep him afloat by shooting his feet, and and you got to make sure he's 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 up in the air. Otherwise, if you miss him, he'll fall into the pitfall below. And you got to make sure he's kind of like how Mario jumps from one land section over the pitfall over to another land section. But this is using the instead of pushing the a button to be able to make your character jump, you got to use the gun to make him jump over. Now, that was called Gumshoe. And uh, there was another wild uh, wild game called uh, the Wild West. And that was a gun game where you're shooting uh, bad cowboys and bad Indians. And, and uh, that, w that was pretty cool. Um, okay, so what, what, what was the first uh, video game system you bought? The Nintendo Entertainment System. and uh, So the original, okay. I actually won my first one in, in, in my school. Uh, I went to Everett Middle School. Oh, I went there when I was in junior high school. Yeah. That's what it was called. And uh, Well, actually, back then in the 80s, it was called Everett Junior High School. Yeah, that's what it was when I went. Mm -hmm. And uh, in, the, in the, the spelling class, I got, was able to spell all the words right, and I won the, the, the prize was the Nintendo Entertainment System. And uh, I had Robbie the Robot with... Uh, with that, that, that was a game called Gyro Mike, and the Robbie of the Robot was a like an uh, a feature that no other system had. And it had this little robot that would pick up a uh, piece of plastic and it would drop it into a, a into a slot where it actually that's by it pulling the uh, buttons. And and that was a strange strange game, but it was kind of unique in that fact that you're dealing with. Robbie the Robot. I don't know if you ever even heard of that. 
Well, I haven't, but I gotta say, I, I feel like I've but I, I've been kind of gypped. They didn't give away no video game system when I was in junior high school. When I went there, I didn't fare, man. And then uh, sometimes uh, kids have bad friends that they thought were friends. Mm-hmm. This one kid stole my Nintendo system. He he, he was uh, he, he's in a group of family. He lives up the couple blocks away from where I lived at. And uh, I brought he asked me to bring over my Nintendo system so we could play some games. <clears throat> and uh, when I wanted to leave, he says, well, can I borrow your Nintendo Entertainment uh-huh. System? Uh-huh. I see where so that's going. He borrowed my Nintendo System. Well, it turned out the family had moved. They, they moved overnight and took my Nintendo with them. <laughs> so after that, my dad was uh, feeling bad for me, and he bought me my second Nintendo System. And uh, a lot of cool games that, that were arcade games were also becoming available on... Uh, the Nintendo Entertainment System, like uh, this space shooting game called Gradius, and it's basically a side scroller goes from uh, left to right, and you go through all these different levels. and And your your character is a spaceship called the Vic Viper, and you could uh, you could spend quarters in that because that game was pretty hard. You have exploding volcanoes, lots of alien ships shooting at you, and you got to avoid not only the ship that's firing at you, but make sure you don't crash into the, the uh, enemy ships or the land structures like the mountaintops or uh, the level that you happen to be in. And uh, even the bo- and at the end of those levels, they had a boss, like a big giant spaceship that would be shooting at you multiple shots. Like you gotta be in a tiny little section in order to get to avoid the, the enemy boss's ship and uh, hit the center part of the boss ship in order to re- def- to get through its defenses and destroy the boss. And then you, the level or the game will continue on to the next level. Um, I also did get a Sega Genesis when, uh, when I was in high school, my first year in high school. I got it from a friend who... Uh, didn't want it no more and I bought it from him for pretty low reasonable price and there was a lot of cool games on that uh, it had the golden axe uh, ghosts and goblins of course ghosts and goblins was on the, uh, the original Nintendo system I had played that and uh, the, this one was called ghouls and ghosts the second one in the series I remember those mm-hmm. and uh, there was a it was a it had cheat codes that if on the controller if you pushed um, oh, here's one for you. Konami, like that Gradius game. That's a Konami game. I've heard of that game. And and, and there was uh, this Konami password code that you could put with the controller. It's up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, B, A, and start. He still remembers it. And if you hit, uh, if you did that properly on the title screen of a Contra game, Contra is a shooting game where you shoot up all these aliens, it'll start you with 30, 30 lives. If you did it with Gradius, it'll, I think, start you with 10 lives or something like that and fully equipped with the, uh, the bonus upgrades to your spaceship. I think if you did it on the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles uh, game for the Nintendo, that, that it would be, make you invincible or something like that. Uh, I remember the Teenage Mutant Ninja arcade game was a uh, very popular one at the Westminster Mall. Everybody was waiting in line to play with their friends because it was a four-player game. You could play one of each of the four turtles. 
and uh, there was actually a few of them. One of them was called Turtles in Time, and uh, that was a pretty fun game. They did finally port the uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game to Nintendo, because they originally had a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game that was just an action-adventure game. It was, was kind of different than the actual arcade games because it was top view and side view types of uh, gameplay. Whereas the second one that came out on the original Nintendo had, uh, it was kind of a dumbed down graphic wise, but it was still basically the same game. And uh, you could play two player of the four. You pick, you get to pick your character out of the four characters, but you have two players since Nintendo only had uh, one and two port. I think later on they did come out with an extension to be able to have four players, but that, that was for other games. Oh my, I still even have my uh, original Nintendo arcade, um, uh, Nintendo system at home. I got a whole box of uh, games that I've, like, uh, I think I have 30 games in that box. And uh, I keep them in the plastic ba sandwich bags to try and keep the dust off of them. I use Q-tips and... Uh, <clears throat> Because a lot of times these, these cartridges, they I don't know how they do it, but they love to accumulate dust. And if you got dust on that cartridge and you put it into your Nintendo Entertainment System, it won't play the game. It'll have a blinking gray screen. So you got to pull that out, blow on it, or take a Q-tips and try and get the dust off that way. And uh, a lot of people <clears throat> were using uh, rubbing alcohol. Now, if you do that, use it very lightly because it can mess up the... Uh, the uh, circuit board, which is where the <coughs> where the graphic uh, connection to the uh, machine makes its contact. Also, for the Nintendo Entertainment System, <coughs> is this thing called the uh, Game Genie, and that's a really cool thing because it, it it allows you to use cheat codes on these really hard games that if you didn't have the cheat codes, you might as well just uh, keep trying, but you ain't gonna get any farther than you already are. Unless you're super duper good at it. But a lot of kids were having trouble with the Ghosts and Goblins game. Trying to get through the levels on that was like nightmare. So uh, using the Game Genie, you could get uh, Invincibility. You could do uh, Infinite Lives. You can get uh, armor upgrades in certain other games. Uh, it just allowed you to play the game. A lot of people didn't like it. Oh, you're cheating on your game. Well... I want to play the whole game through so a lot of people ended up using the game genie well, i had one of those i love the game genie they had uh game genie also for the sega genesis and uh later on uh years down the road when playstation came out they had uh codejunkies.com uh featuring uh for the game shark codes and uh, uh i think there was a uh, another one called Code, yeah, code, code junkies for the code breaker disc is disc. You put in, <coughs> put it into your uh, PlayStation. You got the either the Game Shark or the code junk, the code breaker disc. You put that in there, enter the codes that you had gotten offline, and you could do that with them. <coughs> Can I get a coke? My throat's getting dry. Oh, I forgot. <coughs> uh, too much talking will make your throat very dry. <laughs> But uh, that's just it, because video games are very exciting, and you could just, if you're a fan of video games, you could just ramble on and on about uh, how much fun you had, 
all the different systems uh, you've had, all the different game experiences that you've had. Thank you, Joe. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm going to crack open a Woka-Cola. Okay, so we've heard Alan for a while. Let's let him give his voice a rest, and I'll talk about my experience of video games. I didn't uh, go to a lot of arcades, but I do remember my first video game system was also a classic Nintendo, and it was given to me by a friend because he was upgrading at the time, and it was pretty nice. I had all the Super Mario games. I had Super Mario All-Stars at that time. Uh, It just consisted of the first three Mario games. Then after a while, I upgraded to the Super Nintendo, Mm -hmm. and the first game I got for that was the one that came with the system, which was the Super Mario World. And that game was a lot of fun. I liked seeing Mario with his big old cape and flying around. What's kind of interesting is I do remember there was a difference. I did play uh, the original Super Mario in the arcade once. And it was interesting because in the uh, arcade version of the game, they had him looking like a human being. He was in a loincloth, if I remember correctly. And then, of course, in the Nintendo version, he's all got a red hat, red coveralls. and he's. I think the uh, basic... Uh, character design of Mario was kept the same. They just had a different color version of the arcade version. They could be, or maybe they just gave him a different costume. I don't know. But yeah, it did definitely look different. And then from there, I moved on from the uh, Super Nintendo. I moved on to the N64. And I had a lot of fun games for that one. Perfect Dark was my favorite. Some of those first-person shooter games. Mm-hmm. And Perfect Dark's kind of fun. It's like the uh, female English version of James Bond. Female version of James Bond, so it was kind of interesting. Yeah, that was fun. She didn't have a lot of cool gadgets like James Bond did, but she did have guns and grenades and that sort of thing. And it was all, it was kind of a sci-fi video game set in the future. Yeah. That was a lot of fun. And then I had uh, two of the F-Zero games, the classic F-Zero game, and then uh, F-Zero, I forget what it was called, but it was a second F-Zero game. Had some new characters and the cars got an upgrade. That was a lot of fun. Had a couple other video games, too. I know I had all the James Bond ones for the N64. And then I finally discovered PlayStation. (laughs) And the first one I got was, in fact, I believe it was a PlayStation 2. Mm -hmm. And I had that one forever until it finally crapped out and I bought a PS4, Mm -hmm. which I'm enjoying. I bought a bunch of games for that one. I didn't think I'd be really into that one as much as I am. I mainly just wanted to replace all my PS2 and PS1 games I lost, but... I found a whole bunch more that I really like for the PS4. Mm-hmm. So I've been having all kinds of fun with those. And then, of course, I, I did have an Atari also. That was a hand-me-down. Nice. Mm-hmm. And I, for the Atari, I had Pitfall. Yeah. I think Pitfall, and then a friend loaned me his Spider-Man game. A Spider-Man for the Atari was actually kind of cool. Nice. Oh, gosh. And it's been so long since I've had the Atari, I can't even remember what all I had for it. And I'm sure I was able to borrow Pac-Man. Pac-Man's a classic Atari game. Who can forget that? Right. Pac-Man and Miss Pac-Man. Wasn't the best of those, but they were a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, certainly. My Aunt Kathy, she had the Atari, and she had this one game called Steeplechase, and it was kind of like a horse horse track uh, Atari game. And you're basically just watching the horse running along the track versus the other horses. And the graphics... Uh, on Atari, or were so primitive, it was beyond primitive. It was like stick figures. Oh yeah, <laughs> bunch of blocks. Mm-hmm. 
So I have the original Nintendo. That's what I call it, the original Nintendo, which is the Nintendo Entertainment System. Mm -hmm. I have the Super Nintendo, and I have the um, Nintendo 64. I have the Nintendo GameCube. I have the Nintendo Wii, and then I have the uh, Nintendo Wii U, and now it's called... The newest one is called the Nintendo Switch. And I think they call it the Switch because you can switch it from playing it on your home screen and also turn it into a portable. So you have to go catch the bus for to go to your job or whatever. <laughs> you could be at the bus stop. Of course, you got to watch. If you're out at the bus stop, you want to make sure you're in a shaded area because the light will make the screen hard to see. It's the same thing with cell phones. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I have still uh, my, uh, um, I never had the Sega Master System, but I ha have the uh, Sega Genesis, and I have, the only other Sega system I have is called the Sega Saturn, I believe, and I got that years later, because uh, I wanted to uh, play this, uh, originally it's a PlayStation 1 game called Castlevania Symphony of the Night, but it was also available on the uh, Sega Saturn only through a, a port because he had a port uh, port uh, from Japan and a Japan only version of that same game you could play it on the Sega Saturn and using the uh, I think it was called Game Genie or something it was like a cheat code device you had to have that cheat code device in there and set it up so you could put the uh, Sega Saturn disc in there and be able to play the port. Otherwise, you wouldn't have been able to play that version of Castlevania Symphony of the Night here in America. And why did I want to play the Japanese version? It's because they have levels in that that the PlayStation 1 version does not have. And um, I, I'm a huge fan. I probably would have to say Castlevania is my favorite video game series. I was just going to interject and say that, yes, Alan is a huge Castlevania fan. I have almost all of the Castlevania games. The reason why I'm saying almost all is because there is this one game called Kid Dracula. It's not called Castlevania, but the company wants to call that or can consider that one of the Castlevania games. <laughs> <laughs> and basically, you're a kid version of Dracula and you're based... kind of looks like uh, Ghost of... <coughs> Ghosts and Goblins kind of game, <clears throat> but much, much more difficult. Um, so I have all the uh, Castlevania games. And uh, one one game that is a new game, well, it's not really new, new, but it, it's been around for a few years. It's a game called Terraria. That's probably my favorite game that I'm playing now because I, I just love the feature that has you can build you can it's like a big giant sandbox you can build whatever the heck you want to build it's kind of like a minecraft minecraft is a 3d uh video game uh where you can build stuff and fight the monsters that are featured in the game but the terraria is a 2d side scrolling version of like a minecraft game which is good if you want to build castlevania because that was a side scrolling set of levels and with the game Terraria I've been able to build their whole entire original Castlevania level by level look by look 
uh, version of Castlevania, and it's it doesn't play like a Castlevania because you won't have the monsters that you would in the actual Castlevania game. I kind of look at it more like a looking at it as a museum of what did that game look like level design wise, and I was able to get that duplicated into the Terraria game, and I have in the same game world of Terraria on that same map per se, and that's your huge sandbox where you can build or whatever you want to build in there. So I've got the whole original Castlevania game in there. I've got the second Castlevania game called Simon's Quest, which includes the little towns that you go to and the little mansions that you have to go collect Dracula's six body parts. And then towards the back end of the map, or the farthest to the right section of the map, is where I was able to fit in the entire Castlevania Symphony of the Night game design. I've got all of that in one world. And uh, <laughs> that's on my PlayStation 4. And uh, one day I was over here getting an update uh, with uh, the internet. And uh, somehow that update had messed up my game, Traria game, where I had put all that Castlevania together in a section where I had a lot of water. There's something about having lots of water in this section and the teleporters wire going there. The teleporters you could, could transport, like in Star Trek, energize you from this sec place, from <coughs> the ship down to the planet, or from one place to another, so to speak. So because I had two teleporters going from here and here and had that line, that line wire was going through that water section, for somehow, for some reason, it messed up on my, uh, when, I, when, it, when it did the automatic update. But uh, years later, I went back and updated my uh, Terraria game on the PlayStation 4, and it finally cleared that. I was so relieved. I'm like, all that work, and I kind of... And then the section of that game, I wasn't able to, because if I was to walk into that area, it would shut off the game. It would reset the game. It's like, oh no, what kind of graphical disaster is this? <laughs> <laughs> so after getting that new update, I, I've got my game back. Because I, I put so much time into building this. That was like, oh, did, I, did it get ruined? Oh, that's so horrible. But when it got updated the second time, a few years later, it was corrected. I'm like... What a relief. I was like, all that time I put into that. And uh, so it, it, it worked out good for me on that project. And I'm also working on a project of Terraria on, because on, uh, it's available on all systems. But I have it on the PlayStation 4 and my Nintendo Switch. And on the Nintendo Switch in Terraria, I'm doing uh, The Legend of Zelda. And uh, because... Is the fact of the original Nintendo Zelda game that was Top View, I had to figure out how do I translate a Top View game into a side-scrolling game. It pretty much worked in that if you have an imagination, you can see what I did. Because the starting spot, uh, um, like when you start out a game of Legend of Zelda, you see Link in a like a, a, a hillside area. There's a cave up here, and you go into this cave, and an old man gives you a sword, your first sword, that says, it's dangerous out there, take this with you. So I've basically duplicated everything you're seeing in that, in the Terraria game on uh, my Nintendo Switch. Uh, 
I've got all all of the first quest on the on the level on the ground level of the map of Terraria, and now I'm doing like a a second quest because in the once you beat the Legend of Zelda for the original Nintendo, there they offer you a chance to do a second quest where they move uh, a lot of the shops around in Hyrule. They've been moved around, and, and the locations of the Labyrinths or the dungeons, the underground dungeons where you find the Triforce after be beating a monster, those have been relocated to different places of Hyrule. And the uh, Labyrinth dungeons look differently than they did the first go around. And so that's what I'm doing right now is the second quest of a Zelda. So I basically went down to the lower lowest region of the map on Terraria. And it's called the Underworld, and it's lots of lava around. It looks like you're down in hell, <laughs> which is pretty good setting for a harder version of uh, Legend of Zelda, which is an idea. I'm like, why didn't they do that on the original Nintendo? It probably would have costed them too much money into updating the game to look different, more vicious than it did the first go around. But that's what I'm doing in Terraria. I've basically duplicated the whole land structure from how it looked on the first quest of the map. And uh, now I'm just putting in the, uh, the, I think I'm working on level four right now, the dungeons, the Labranith dungeons. But uh, I also plan on using uh, uh, space because on the sides of the map, it's all open. I could put in uh, Legend of Zelda 2, the Adventure of Link. That, that, that game is an easier game to translate to side-scroller because it was a side-scroller game. It had a sp overhead top view uh, for the uh, Hyrule map, but as Link bumped into an enemy out, say, on the grassy field, well, then the game screen would switch to a, uh, a side-scrolling uh, quick little level area, and then you have to try and uh, walk off the screen of that area to, to get back onto the top, top view Hyrule overhead view map and a lot of those uh, those weren't called Labranus those were called uh, temples like the Temple of Darkness for example uh, those were all side-scrolling and uh, another unique little yeah. difference between the first Legend of Zelda and the second Zelda game called Zelda 2 the Adventure Link um, in the in the uh, the, um, the, dun the dungeon where I just had it Funny how I'm say how I say things, but then I just forget what I just said. I've been there. <laughs> it's called the brain fart. <laughs> Old age, man. Yeah, well, in that level design of the um, of the dungeon, let's we'll just call it a dungeon. Um, it, it's funny because I could play it back and oh, that's the word I used, but I'll just call it a dungeon. Anyways, uh, so as the dungeon in Legend of Zelda Two is different than the original dungeons of Legend of Zelda One is that there are these elevators that, that Link can ride up and down on to get from the first level, the second level, and maybe a third level of that dungeon where there were no levels because everything was top view on the uh, original Legend of Zelda. Now there was transitioning points in that original Legend of Zelda games where he would go down a ladder and up another ladder to get to a different part of the dungeon but that was just, the game was just going to a separate screen and showing him on a 
like a ladder going up and down. So you go down the one ladder and up the other ladder and end up in another part of the dungeon. And, uh, and that, that though it was pretty different. But in the Legend of Zelda 2, you're actually riding that elevator up and down from one area to the other area. And uh, that's, that's going to be interesting to see how I could do that on my Terraria because it'll be a lot easier because instead of using teleporters to translate how that game is being done to match the way it's done in the original Nintendo game, I won't have to use teleporters. I'll just be able to use a uh, actual uh, elevator. Uh, in Terraria, the elevator is basically you hook onto a rope and you can climb it, climb down the rope. And uh, you could paint that rope uh, gray to make it look like a chain link elevator type type deal. But uh, Terraria is <laughs> is a game where you could craft your own weapons, craft your own armor. And stuff like that and build because most people aren't using Terraria to build old our, our old games like Castlevania and Zelda <laughs> that's my creative mind going to work I'm like oh look at that I can I can build this into that that's so cool <laughs> the only difference is when you're playing through that Castlevania or Zelda version on the Terraria game is you won't be seeing the same enemies. They have their own sets of enemies or similar like enemies in that. And, uh, boy, I could go on and on about that. Uh, any, anything you want to add, uh, Joe? No, I'm just sitting here listening to you. Uh, I remember playing Terraria. They actually had a version of that game for the iPad. Mm-hmm. And I bought that, and I tried to get through it. I just could not, had our time beating the end bad guy for the first level even. Yeah. It was just such a pain to try and do it on the iPad. I've not been able to do it on the other video game systems, but uh, I don't know. That game was okay. I enjoyed building little houses and stuff, but it really wasn't quite for me. The game I really am getting into, though, one that you turned me on to, was uh, Fallout 4. Ah, uh, yes. Mm-hmm. And that one, like I guess I covered a little bit of that one in one of my other podcasts. It's, it takes you into this uh, post-apocalyptic war zone, mm-hmm. apocalyptic war zone, and you have to basically build your own houses, and you gotta find your own weapons and modify them. And you're attacking an enemy force. What is that enemy force called again? I forget what it is. Um, there, there are uh, there's peril ghouls. There are uh, the um, the raiders. I raiders. The that's raiders. it. Yeah, raiders. That's what I was thinking of. I thought of the football team. That's an easy way for me to remember. Ah, team. I have to remember that. <laughs> Yeah, so... Of course, these aren't football players. These guys look like uh, Mad Max kind of characters. <laughs> mm-hmm. And they're just bent on destruction and taking everything over, and so you got to try and get them... Uh, you either get them to go piecemeal, or you get to kill them. <laughs> mm-hmm. The way I did it, I, I didn't use my gun. Uh, the only time I used my gun in that was uh, when I needed to shoot... Let's say there's a, uh, a gun post, an automatic gun post, and it's shooting at me, and I can't get any closer... So I'll, I'll use my sniper rifle and zoom in on that gun post and shoot out the gun post and watch it explode. But for the most part, attacking those monsters and uh, raiders, I would just use something simple like a melee device, uh, a crowbar or baseball bat or something. A baton, yeah. I'm, I'm getting better at that, actually. I can take guys out with one hit with one of those. Mm-hmm. It's kind of fun. You walk up to them and just whack. And, the, and once you get to learning the uh, strategy of on-screen icons of where it'll show you where your goal is 
say you're on a mission and it'll show you at the bottom of the screen where your goal is just keep focused on that and and it'll help guide you on where where the heck you have to be going otherwise you're just where am i going now i'm just wandering around in, a, in this uh abandoned warehouse which is funny because this is supposed to be after the nuclear war and uh, uh, uh there's still s building structure still standing <laughs> mm -hmm. you see a lot of burnt out trees and stuff which is kind of like how it is when i look out my window it'll be in autumn winter time uh, you see a lot of trees with no vegetation on them but that's kind of how the there's trees that that look like that no vegetation they just like bur look like burnout husks and um the feral ghouls are funny they come running at you like, <laughs> Those are those are funny. Or if you you want to have fun with your gun and just stand back, you see them all crawling around, look like they're eating bugs out of the out of the ground or whatever. You just stand back and pop, shoot them, snipe them out, kind of like. And uh, my gosh, there's so I'm I'm just a video game collector, playing the games and owning all these systems. Cause on the PlayStation. I have I didn't have a PlayStation One. I had uh, started out with PlayStation Two, mm -hmm. and that started out when I was at uh, the Target uh, store off of 80th and Wadsworth. I was just browsing around because I'm also a Transformers toy collector. I was just there to see what new Transformer toys they they had at the time, and then I just thought I'd mosey over to where the video, uh, the electronics part is at, of the store is at. And uh, see what new video games or what they had. And uh, there was this PlayStation 2, and they had a monitor, like uh, the game was like on demo, and it was playing on the monitor there. I was like, wow, this game looks pretty interesting. It's a game called Klonoa 2. And th this uh, it's kind of looks like a Sonic the Hedgehog kind of character, but a little bit different. And uh, Klonoa 2. I'm watching this guy. He's he's riding a, a surfboard down a river, and he's he's dodging all these objects in the in the river. And then he does a jump, way high up in the air. Why? And you you can see him like it's like he's coming right at you. Cause and there's the river way back in the distance. He's coming right at you, and then he comes right back. And the, the graphical, the camera angles are really impressive with that game. Like. In some parts of that game, he'll shoot himself out of a cannon, and you can see him. Wow. Or he'll be <laughs> kind of like in Mario, how there was those bouncing springboards. And uh, well, he this Clano game had springboard type devices, and he would show him jump way up in the air. I'm like, I was just really impressed at how the graphical camera angles. Like, wow, that's really neat. So I think that was my first PlayStation 2 game, and I of course got uh, back. A backlog because it was a backwards compatible device where it'll place PlayStation 2 games and PlayStation 1 games. So that's how I came across uh, Castlevania Symphony of the Night for the first time through. And um, I have quite a few of those. Like I got a, a DVD case and I put all the games in there. Um, everything from Metal Gear Solid. Um, all kinds of stuff. Uh, my dad's favorite game, wa him watching me play this game called Contra Shattered Soldier. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like uh, the, like the old uh, Contra games, like on the Nintendo, there was Contra, 
and then uh, Super Contra, and then when the, uh, a few years later the Super Nintendo came out, and they had Contra Three: The Alien Wars, and you know a little bit of graphical upgrade from the original Nintendo. But by the time, and there was also one on uh, Sega Genesis, but it looked kind of clunky and sounded clunky at the time. But it was still a cool game. I don't want to say anything bad about it because it was still a cool game. But the uh, by the time, because there was also a Contra game on the PlayStation One. As as the game systems advance, the graphical and sound gets graph uh, better as well. But by the time you got to PlayStation Two, that Contra Shattered Soldier game. That one it was really cool because you're you're going through these levels and and basically you're fighting all these aliens that had invaded Earth and uh, you're just shooting them up. You got like a uh, you're like you got a machine gun, a spread gun, a flamethrower. You, you get one gun at a time, but these are all the different kinds of guns. And uh, once you kill an enemy guy, like a red one, you got to look for the red colored enemy guys because that's the one that turns into a gun. And sometimes they have these floating things up in the air, a little wing that has a gun upgrade. You shoot that, and then the gun will drop, and you can upgrade that way. But uh, what I'm getting at is on PlayStation 2, that Contra Shattered Soldier game, the music was like having Metallica playing some heavy metal theme songs. <laughs> you know, the music was like really cool. And, and, and it, the, by that time, the, the, it looked, it was still side-scrolling game, but it looked real. Your little guy looked like an actual so, so army soldier guy with the bandana on his head and all that, or he's riding on the motorcycle, and he, or his flame, flames from the flamethrower looks like real flames. And, and it was like, wow, this is really cool. <laughs> and uh, so the Contra series was a good one, and that was Konami. Um, the the companies that were made that were made games for Nintendo like the big name companies were Nintendo, Sega, PlayStation, and the other one Xbox. Those and there was also a Turbo Graphics system I have to include, but that only lasted for a little while. Um, but uh, the big names were Nintendo, Sega, uh, PlayStation, and Xbox basically. And uh, these other companies, they did games for those platforms. You got uh, Capcom, Konami, Kojai, Data East, and there's a whole bunch of them. You could probably look it up if you did a Google search. You'd probably come up with a whole long list of the different companies that made games for those large platform companies. And uh, as, a, as a game player, you end up owning the systems, and you end up collecting the games. Oh, yes. And I've got a huge collection. <laughs> mm -hmm. This is just... Uh, I'm not I'm not going to say that I have as much as, say, a buyback games. Of course, buyback games on 44th and Wadsworth closed down. I was going to say, are there any of those stores open yet? I don't, I don't think so. I think there are... There is an old... What they call them old school gamers, game stores. Because um, GameStop is the top-of-the-line new game store. You want to buy the new PlayStation 5, you go to GameStop. Mm. You want to get the newest games for your newest systems, you go to GameStop. But over here on uh, Alameda and Federal around there is a, uh, a place called Level 7. And uh, that's a kind of a, this will be a kind of a shout-out to that company if any of them people uh, hear this podcast. Uh, 
Um, Joe and I have been customers of them, really good company, and they have a lot of your, if you want an old school game, if they don't have it in store, they can find it for you because oh, that's yes. what they do. Mm-hmm. And um, so there's another one that's like that uh, called Docs, D-O-C-K, Docs. And they're located on uh, Alameda and uh, Sheridan, uh, right at the northwest corner of Alameda and Sheridan is Docs. And there's a few others that you could probably uh, look on online to find them. Uh, but I've been to that store too, and they're pretty good. But they don't have quite as good of a selection. Not, not knocking their store, but they, they do have a selection that you can check out and browse. Um, so there's a, a lot of years, a lot of history that I've got with video games, and uh, I could just ramble on and on about it. But uh, if you got any questions, uh, contact Joe through the message board of his his uh, podcast, and you can ask any question about that there. That would be nice to have some feedback on that, Alan. And uh, thank you for joining us today, and we'll be back next week. Yes, yeah, certainly. Thank you for joining me today. Remember, you can catch both future and previous episodes of my show on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, Pocket Cast, and CastBox. And remember to subscribe. This is all me. This is all me. This is all me. Oh, me.